Now I'll read from Mark. After Jesus left the synagogue with James and John, they went to Simon and Andrew's home. Now Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. They told Jesus about her right away. So he went to her bedside, took her by the hand, and helped her sit up. Then the fever left her, and she prepared a meal for them. That evening, after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases, and he cast out many demons. But because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. But Jesus replied, we must go on to other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. So he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. Welcome, everyone. Thank you, Kim and team, for the worship and for preparing our hearts to listen to the Word of God, come to the table, and go in the blessings of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, Father, for this time. As we look to your Word, I pray that you will prepare our hearts and uh, to listen, to learn, and to walk in obedience, that we may bring glory, honor, and praise to your name. Amen. Kim read from the uh, passage, Mark chapter 1, 29 to 39. The gospel according to Mark, if you noticed, has no story of Jesus' birth, but begins with Jesus' grown-up life. It begins like this, the beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It's an action-oriented gospel, lots of action Jesus is portrayed as moving from place to place, healing, preaching, casting out demons, feeding multitudes, discipling, teaching, leading, serving. Wow! And that's the sense we get when we read Mark. A very full and energized life indeed, don't you think? Busy man. If you look more closely at Jesus' life, his life had its excitement, challenges, and struggles, surrounded by disciples, a bunch of them, who literally had no clue as to what they were doing and why they were doing what they were doing and how they were doing it. Then, They were the people of the area, followers who were hungry to satisfy their own needs. And finally, a bunch of religious leaders and their cronies who were out to get him. All of this, in addition to the full responsibility of carrying out the mission for which he came. We got to hand it to him. So you can see him surrounded by all these elements, all these issues, all these people, in addition to the mission which he has to fulfill. I would imagine doing this day in and day out, 
could become energy depleting and mundane. Now let us for a minute think about our lives. Our lives. You and I. Of course, I don't know about you, but I sure don't have any clueless disciples following me. Or multitudes of people seeking to extract a miracle from me. Not yet. Or people trying to put an end to me. My life involves a different set of activities, people, and expectations. My life looks like this. Relationships. Wife, children, in-laws, aunts, uncles, and the list goes on. And don't forget work. Because if you don't maintain a good relationship at work, you know what happens. And then there are family responsibilities. My second job is I'm the designated family driver. So I finish my nine to five job and come home and drive people around. I cannot shy away from those responsibilities, family responsibilities that demands. Then there's work, which I enjoy, but nonetheless, it does have an impact on you and on me. And last but not the least, all the activities that we need to do in addition to all of that. So life gets pretty busy, don't you agree? Mind us. Doing this day in and day out could become energy depleting and mundane. I don't know about you, but it sure does for me. That's how I feel at the end of the day. It's energy depleting, it's mundane. Oh, I have to do this again. I have to do this all over again. Oh, it's morning already? You can identify with me, can't you? It's energy depleting and becomes mundane. So I wonder how Jesus managed to do what he had to do day in and day out without losing his motivation, commitment, and concern. How did Jesus manage to do this day in and day out without losing his motivation, commitment, and concern? Of course, you can argue he didn't have wife and children. He didn't have a steady job. He didn't have aunts and uncles and in-laws to deal with. That's why I showed both the slides. But nonetheless, he had pressures, and we have pressures and stresses too. But despite all that, how did he manage to maintain his motivation, commitment, and concern? As an introduction to understanding Mark chapter 1, 29 to 39, let us look at another passage from Isaiah 40, 29 to 31. If you will notice, 
Mark begins his gospel by quoting a section from the same chapter of Isaiah, chapter 40, introducing John the Baptist and his ministry. So I would like to introduce this section from the same chapter, looking at Isaiah chapter 40, same chapter, 29 to 31, introduce the ministry of Jesus. It reads, He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youth, youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. A passage that's very familiar to us. In Mark chapter 1, 29 to 39, we read Jesus healing many, including the mother-in-law of Simon Peter. Then early in the morning, he goes to a solitary place to pray. This is followed by Jesus proclaiming his mission to his followers or to his disciples and setting out again to preach and to heal and drive out demons. So this passage gives us a glimpse of the practices that helped Jesus to remain motivated, committed, and caring. Those three words again, motivated, committed, and caring, thus making a difference. That's the title of my message today. So now let's take a few minutes to look at what they were. What were the elements that helped Jesus remain motivated, committed, and caring or concerned? I've categorized them into three levels. On the top level, you have connection with God. On the mid-level, you have connection with self. And at the ground level, the feet level, we have connection with others. So if you, I know you're looking at me, you can kind of apply that onto me. Top level, connection with God. Christ is the head. Mid-level, connection with self, where my heart lies and everything that comes from within needs to be guarded. And the ground level, connection with others. If my feet don't move, I ain't going to be connecting with anybody if I don't take an effort to step out. So those are the three principles or practices that we glean from this passage. Practices that Jesus did so that he could maintain his motivation right, is motivation, commitment, and caring. We're going to take a few minutes now to look at each of them quickly. Top level, connection with God. What does it look like? What does it look like, connection with God? If you notice, Jesus went out to a solitary place, a quiet place, to connect with God. 
In the hustle bustle of daily living, my friends, it's very difficult for me to find a quiet place. When I go home, it's necess- not necessarily a quiet place. But that's okay, I love it. If not, I feel lonely. Loneliness is different. So I have to be deliberate in the day to find myself a quiet place. Places I have found really beneficial, the car. Go to a parking lot, park the car there, pull the windows up, and worship the Lord. Of course, people passing by may think you're nuts, but that's okay. My office, those of you who have an office, independent office, you know, that's good, my office. Just before I leave for the day or the first thing I come in the morning, there's nobody there, no appointments for me, close the door and spend 10 to 15 minutes. But find a solitary place because as you begin the day, it gets busy with technology, people, expectations, demands, and the day is gone before you know it, you're under the blanket. Can you identify with this? So we have to find some time. Some of us are not early birds. I'm a late bird. I often used to say, night is still young, but the morning is old. That's what my pastor used to make fun of me, say, you keep all of us awake because night is young for you. But morning is old for me (laughs) because I like to stay up late into into the night. Then use that time then. But you still can connect with your God in a solitary quiet place Colossians 2:19 says we are connected to Christ because he is the head without that connection everything falls apart 2 Corinthians 2:11b says in the same way no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God And my dear brothers and sisters, we have the Spirit of God living inside us. So isn't it imperative that we take a moment to connect with our Creator, with our God, that we may understand what His mind is? So I give you two references, 1 Corinthians 2, 11b and Colossians 2, 19. When I go to his presence, this is one statement that I say or that I use, help me make a difference. In my commune with him, this is my prayer. Feel free to use it. It's not copyrighted, but I can say it works. In addition to the other prayers you may have, petition, thanksgiving, supplication, whatever you may have, You could also add this. God, as I go out today, help me to make a difference. Then we have the mid-level. This level, torso. Okay, the mid-level. Connection with self. 
I work in human services. Mental health experts are big into this now. Right? And some of us here are in the human services field too. Connect with yourself. Mindfulness. Hear your breathing. Look into yourself. But how effective would it be if we had an anchor, which is connection to Almighty God? So connection with self, why is that important? When we connect with God, we come to understand ourselves even more better. We understand the purpose and the mission of our life. We understand the purpose and the mission. If you notice in Mark chapter 1 verse 38, Jesus replied, as soon as he finished praying, he replied, we must go on to other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. That is why I have come. He got a renewed understanding of his mission. That is why I have come. But where did he get that renewed understanding of the mission? In spending time in the presence of God, his Father. Not using technology, not on the internet, not watching TV, not preparing reports, not engaging with colleagues. He got the renewed understanding of his mission and purpose in his commune, solitary commune, quiet commune. Whether it be for five minutes, it doesn't give you a time span. Whether it be ten minutes, whether it be a minute, doesn't matter. He got a renewed understanding of his mission and purpose in his commune with God, solitary, quiet. Is it possible that we can have that five-minute commune as we drop off our kids and we are sitting in the car and we connect with our Heavenly Father. Father, I am done. I'm tired. But help me connect with you because I want to make a difference. Help me make a difference. And then he will begin to show give you a renewed understanding of your purpose and mission if it has faded away from your radar. Romans 12, 1-2 says, but let God transform, excuse me, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. If you notice, there is a progression. As we commune with God, we begin to learn just like a child to understand, to discern His good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's a progressive growth or a progressive, uh, it's got a progressive nature to it. I begin to understand what God wants me to do. My purpose, mission, understand His good, pleasing, and perfect will which is the area God wants us to go to. The statement that I use when I commune with my Lord to understand myself, it's another day to make a difference. The first thing that I say when I get up from my bed and it's cold and the bed is warm, I've got my wife laying next to me, mm-mm, I like to lay a little longer. But guess what? 
all the family responsibilities of that day is weighing down on both of us. <laughs> That's the truth. And we wake up with a jolt, right? We wake up with a jolt, right? We wake up with a jolt. But the first thing, one minute or two minutes, is I pray, first thing, help me, Lord, to make a difference, my Heavenly Father. And then the next thing I say, oh boy, it's another day to make a difference. So let's get out of bed. <laughs> it works. It works. It's another day to make a difference. I didn't get to heaven when I close my eyes. I'm still around. So I've got another day to make a difference. Let's, let's make the best of it. So that's what I use. Again, not copyrighted. Feel free to use it or create your own. And I share this publicly too. To people I meet who are a little down, I would say, you know what, friend, it's another day to make a difference. Because in human services, you tend to burn out pretty quickly. In human services, you burn out quickly. Because you're pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. How much can you pour out? So it's very important we remain connected to God so that I can understand my purpose, my mission. Got a renewed understanding so then I realize, oh boy, it's another day to make a difference. Let's go at it. That's the heart level. Then we're going to look at the feet level, the ground level. Connection with others. Why do we connect with others? We don't connect with others to tear them down. We connect with others to encourage and to build. And if you have nothing good to say, don't say it. Because that will break them. That will tear them down. So we connect with others with the purpose of encouraging and building. Sometimes what we say may seem harsh. But, like Paul says, my words may come across harsh, but it is sent so that you may change. And in looking back, you would thank me for what I have done. That oftentimes happens with children, right? Oftentimes happens with children. Why, Dad? Why do you have to take that away from me? But son, I have to, for now. But you know what? I love you. So connection with others to encourage and build. Mark 1, chapter 9 says, As soon as he connected with God in a solitary, quiet place, he had a renewed understanding of his purpose and mission, I must go and preach. For that is which that is why I have come, and he sets out. He doesn't hang around. You know what? Let me just lie around the blanket for a bit more. Let me enjoy the, 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 the breeze. Let me enjoy the trees. No, he sets out to preach and to cast out demons and to heal. He sets out. He walks, he moves. That's very clearly seen to connect with others. In Galatians 6, 9 to 10. Chapter 6, verse 9 to 10, it reads, So let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. 
Therefore, whenever you have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Let us not get tired, implying we will get tired. We will get tired. Paul's exhortation, let us not get tired. How in the world can I not get tired? Well, connect with God. Take time. Remove those which is occupying your time. Cut it away so that you can make time to connect with God. And in connecting with God, we have a renewed understanding of our purpose and mission. And then we go out, connect, and trying to do good. Not burn out, mind you. Not burn out. But to continue burning for His glory. The statement that I use, I am making a difference. I am making a difference. That could be in the life of my children. If you are a stay-at-home mom, busy, busy person. I am making a difference in the life of the people God has given to me. I often like talking to stay-at-home moms at work. Uh, some of them were stay-at-home moms for 15, 10, 15 years. One question I asked them, I asked them, I'm going to ask you something personal. If you don't want to answer, please don't. But I'd like to know, was it worth it? That always intrigues me. Was it worth it? Because you spend 15 years of your life looking after kids where you could have had a career. Was it worth it? To this day, none of them have said no. They have said it was well worth it and much more. And much, much more. brings joy and warmth to my heart. And guess what? They're working in the field, making the bucks, and enjoying vacation in this season of life. That's perfect. And they, they like it, and they enjoy that too. So, the statement that I use, I am making a difference. Whether you connect with colleagues at work, whether you're connecting with clients that you help, whether you connect with members at Elam Chapel, whether you connect with a person on the street, you are making a difference. You are making a difference. I'm going to share a little story about myself, how I applied this. How many of you know Mercy Ships? Mercy Ships? The medical ship Mercy Ships. It was with Youth with a Mission. Now it's, uh, it's, it's separate. Youth with a Mission, Lauren Cunningham, and uh, Mercy Ships, Don Stephens. Um, so now it's separate. I went on Mercy Ships, the Anastasis. It's, uh, it, it, was, it, it, it was. It's decommissioned now, so I'm using past tense. A mobile hospital housing three state-of-the-art operating rooms, 40-bed hospital ward, and a dental clinic. My place was in the clinic, dental clinic a laboratory, an x-ray unit, and three cargo holds. So I went to West Africa, Togo, as a missionary dentist to serve because I felt that God had a calling for me and I wanted to use my skills to serve uh, in the mission field. So I devoted three months of my time after my training 
uh, in, in, in dental school to go on missions. So that's what I did. I went on missions all gung-ho that I'm going to save the world and treat many people and make a difference. But when I went on the ship, my life got so busy. We start the day very early. We have to travel inland into a clinic, set up the clinic, and we see patients round the clock. And come back in the evening, tired. All we have time for is just a bit of resting, and then we go out with friends again. Come back in, hit the sack, the day repeats. In addition, though it's a Christian ship, there still exists politics. So all the stresses that I showed you was impacting me. So much so, after a few days, I wanted to give up and go. I wanted to be back home. I want to go. I want to go home. I miss my dad and mom. I called my dad. I said, you know what, dad, I'm coming home. I've had it. Mission's not for me. But you know what saved me? Exactly what I told you. I immediately realized in my heart I needed to connect with my God because he's the one who provided me this opportunity. I need to connect with myself, have a renewed understanding of my mission and purpose because it's gone. It's gone off my radar altogether. Only then I would understand how I can connect with others because I'm not connecting with anybody because life is not making meaning to me at this point. So what I used to do was I used to get up much earlier than when we had to set out and then go to this part of the ship, this here, because the ship is packed with people. This part of the ship, I think it's called the aft deck. I think it is. I think, I don't know, I have no idea. Okay, but here. I used to be here, I still remember that. It's still dark. I would go to that place with my Bible, and I would commune. Say, Lord, I have lost it. I, 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 I want to go home. If you really want me to stay, please speak to me. Please speak to me. So he gave me a verse. The first, first verse that I was reminded of, and this may have happened to many here, is, if you falter in times of trouble, how small is your strength from Proverbs? I have read it many years ago, but the Lord brought it to my attention when I was communing in a quiet, solitary place. If you falter in times of trouble, how small is your strength? You know what I cried out to God? I said, Lord, I am faltering in my time of trouble. And my strength is small. I admitted it. My strength is small. As soon as I did that, another verse came from within me. I knew it's from the Lord. Look up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. It was Rhema word. As soon as I got it, renewed strength and understanding. The mission and the purpose came back on my radar like a large blip. Blip, blip, blip. It came back. I connected with God. I had to take time early in the morning before everyone else got up just to spend a few moments. Word came back to me and... I understood my purpose, myself, and mission, thus enabling me. My friends, listen to me. Every day after that was a joy. 
I didn't want to leave the ship after that, but I had to. Every day, I would look forward to go connect, not just treat patients. There would be people coming to dialogue with me. There would be people asking questions, ministering, which did not happen prior to. Because my prayer, Lord, help me make a difference. Oh, another day to make a difference. I am making a difference. One individual at a time. But in the case of me, many patients at a time during a day. But not just patients. Individuals too on the ship. Think about your life, my friends. I'm sure there is a story to share. If that was many years ago, then how about now? If it's not happening now, what's stopping it from happening now? Time to take action. We are living in a world with lots of stuff to keep us occupied and our lives so full of activities to keep us super engaged. I don't like using the word busy. Burden under Satan's yoke. The acronym, busy. So I don't like using the word busy, but keep us super engaged, in other words. That these levels of connections get compromised. Our life becomes so busy. Technology, activities, and the pressures I showed you, that those connections become compromised thus affecting our relationship with God, with self, and with others, including those close to us, including our wife and children, and those close to us, it gets affected. We thus end up running around like headless chickens. That's our life. No purpose, because we have gotten disconnected from our head. No connection with God at the top level, no connection with self at the mid-level and no connection with others because I just don't have the energy, I don't have the motivation, I don't have the commitment and I could care less. I don't care. I'm not concerned. But if we take time, what does Isaiah say? Isaiah 40.31 says, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Thus making a difference. Thus making a difference. Let us not end here. Soon we are going to partake in the communion and John will lead us in that. But before we do that, we all have a story to share. Please begin applying the message and using the statements. I gave you three statements. If you want me to repeat, I'll repeat. Help me make a difference in your connection with God. In your connection with self, oh, what a wonderful day. It's another day to make a difference. And in your connection with others, I'm going to make a difference. I am making a difference. Some of you have had experiences already. Some of you are going to try this out and get new experiences, renewed understanding, renewed strength. We just don't want you to keep it with yourself. Share it. In sharing, you bless many. And in return, you get blessed. If you haven't had a chance to look at the 
e-newsletter. I sound like a salesman, but nonetheless, that's all right. If you haven't had a chance to look at the e-newsletter, John has written a very good article here that speaks exactly about that. Connect. Make a difference. Share your story. I'll just quickly read. At the end of the article, it reads, One of our elders once asked a person well into retirement years why she was still teaching a Sunday school class. Her surprising answer was that she needed to teach to keep her in the Word of God and to keep her in a position of depending on God. Quite like that. We encourage you to take some new risks this year. Trust God and get involved. And there are ways in which you can get involved at the back of this newsletter. If you haven't received one, please, please pick up one. There is one, uh, there are a couple there, there are a couple there. If not, uh, please connect with any of us. We can provide you a copy. If not, connect with Rachel, uh, my wife. Um, she is, yeah, there at the back. So please begin applying the message and using the statement shared. Help me make a difference. It's another day to make a difference, and I'm making a difference. And share your experience. You can email your experience to office.elimchapel at gmail.com. Share your story with us. We can share it with the congregation. It will encourage. We will try and put it on the blog site so that what you've experienced will encourage others, just like I shared my story on that ship. Thank you so much. Let's pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, help us as we seek to apply this in our lives thus making a difference in our lives and in the lives of those around us. Amen.